Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Comics and Cinema. I'm your host Alex Klein and this is the weekly comics of Wednesday, September 18th. We've got three big ones this week. We've got Guardians of the Galaxy issue 9, Absolute Carnage issue 3, and House of X issue Uh, And like I said, these are some pretty insane issues, so buckle up. I'm going to be talking spoilers on these ones, so if these are something that you really want to read, check them out by all means, and then come on back, and let's see if our thoughts are kind of similar. So first up is Guardians of the Galaxy, issue number nine. This is by Donnie Cates, with uh, pencils by Corey Smith, inks by Victor Olazaba, and colors by David Curiel along with lettering by VC's Corey Petit. This is Faithless, part three of six. So uh, what happened in the last one was the Universal Church of Truth has returned, its engines powered by life force rather than faith, and led by the patriarch Star-Lord's father. And uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy fell into their trap and were subsumed under the Church's control, everyone except Moondragon and Groot who uh, escaped and found Rocket, if you guys remember, who was dying, and uh, helped them rescue their friends. But even a life support mech suit can't change the fact that Rocket's health is failing fast. Meanwhile, Star-Lord attempted to reason with his father, but only succeeded in learning the church's insane plot, kill death by raising their messiah. Only this time, they're not raising one person, they're raising an army. Um, this issue was good. I, it's really hard for me to not like anything that Donnie Cates does, but, um, essentially what happens is, uh, Jason, uh, Peter's father kind of gives Peter a vision or shows him what the future looks like. And essentially it's death. It's that death is at the end of the future, which is, you know, honestly, death is coming for all of us. So I don't know why they're so worried. I guess they're just trying to, to fake, fake, fake it, not fake it. They're trying to trick it. They're trying to avoid it. And so in doing so, uh, Jason thinks that he has now converted Peter into believing and he actually hasn't, he tricks his dad, but then he is essentially saying that he needs to drain the earth. Jason wants to drain just a little bit of it. He says we wouldn't need to drain it all. Perhaps just a continent or two would suffice to charge the temple ship's batteries. And then they go back to the future and kill death. And so Peter's like, nope, we're not doing that, basically, except his plan wasn't great, and so he just has to run away, and then he gets knocked out again. And so meanwhile, Rocket, Moon Dragon, and Groot are fighting all of these creatures at an unknown planet, and we find out, though, that they are the creatures of the Magus. And the Magus is actually a young boy, which is really interesting. I'm really excited to see where this goes, but we only see him very briefly. And then we go back to Peter on the ship, and one of the uh, the cocoons is hatching. <clears throat> and again, I, I think I said spoilers already, but the cocoon is hatching, and the final page, it's Drax. Drax is back. Drax is alive. And uh, we all knew that was coming. We just knew it was a matter of when. The only interesting thing here is that Drax is, uh, he's wearing his old costume. He's wearing the costume from the original one, the purple with the little headdress and whatnot. And that's it. So like I said, it was a good issue, but I just told you the issue. And I don't know, I honestly don't know how they wrote 23 pages for that issue because all it felt like was that, was that, Um, Peter sees the vision 
wakes up, runs away, but gets knocked out, and then Drax is shown. And then on the other side, we get like three or four pages for the Guardians who are meeting with the Magus. And that's it. So I don't really know where things are going, but I do know that the solicitations for December say that uh, there's something big is going to happen in this final, or not final, but in issue 12 of Guardians of the Galaxy. So we'll see. It's definitely building towards something. I don't know what it is, but I trust Donny Cates. So I trust that he's going to pull this off. And uh, this week was a Donny Cates double dip. And that's because Absolute Carnage issue number three came out. And holy crap, guys, I'm waiting for this issue to shock me in the sense of like, oh, wow, this wasn't as good as I thought. But each issue just keeps upping the ante. And I I can't, I, it's insane. Uh, this one starts with Miles Morales got pulled in by Carnage and turned into like a crazy doppelganger spider. It's It's nuts. And so Eddie's like trying to save him, but he's also trying to save Matt Gargan, who basically got his spine smashed by Carnage. And at the same time, right now, Carnage is embodying Norman Osborn. Like, there's so many crazy characters in here. And what's cool is Eddie is still trying to not kill anybody, but the symbiote wants to kill him. So he's like, he's like, Eddie, kill him now, kill him. And because he kind of stopped Norman by saying, hey, you know, we're trying to help your grandson, Normie, which is in the, the Venom issues. He's like, what did you say about Normie? And so they stab, he stabs him right in the heart. And he's like, why'd you do that? And he's like, no, because someone had to, Eddie. And he's like, come on, Eddie, we need to finish this. And he's like, no, I can't, I can't. But he says, you know what? He says, go do it then. I'm going to go help Mac. I'm going to go save the only person I can, your call. And the symbiote goes, fine but do not be mad at me when we lose. And uh, he says, oh yeah, here we go. So they're like, they're kind of, he saves Max flying away. He says, I can't let our child continue to kill in our name. And, and Eddie says, yeah, well, I have a kid too, which means I can't exactly run off half, half cocked anymore. He says, I understand Eddie, but you must face the consequences of your spawn as I do. But understand this, if you are not strong enough to end this, I will find someone who is. And I was like, ooh. I uh, I was like, that is crazy. I mean, this symbiote is not messing around right now. And so they get to the safe house. And if you remember from Venom issue 18 at the end, uh, Captain America, the Thing, Wolverine, and Spider-Man all came to the safe house to save Normie because of the, the maker symbiote. And it just turns out all of them have also interacted with these symbiotes. So they're coming here to get the codex removed from them because the maker made that uh, the codex remover or whatever. Great conversation with Captain America and with everyone else. But um, they start going through the machine. And so like Captain America is going in to get the symbiote taken out of him or the little, the little codex taken out of him. And it turns out that Carnage was in there the entire time. And so Spider-Man's like, ta- and again, Donny Cates does such a good job uh, writing Spider-Man. And I just, I love hearing anytime spider-man's in here is just so it's so good to hear he says uh what does he say um he says i'm not going in he says this time we need to get everyone in the machine to remove their codex while we have a chance and and Eddie says right big targets first yeah you and cap thing and wolverine you guys go in i'll hold the and spider-man says i'm not going in Eddie says, what? And he says, not until everyone else is out. I started this, Eddie. I brought the first symbiote here to Earth. If I hadn't, we wouldn't be in this mess. This is my responsibility. I'm big on that sort of thing. But then the symbiote says to Eddie, he says, tell him our kind has been here since the Dark Ages, Eddie, since the time of Beowulf and Grindel. Tell him he doesn't have to carry this burden anymore. 
And Eddie says, yeah, you're right. You go in last. And he's like, Eddie says, what? I need the backup. But, uh, but so yeah, Carnage busts in and, oh man, he's just fighting with everybody. And he's, he's, um, the symbiote is like trying to get Eddie to fight. And he's like, no more running. We finished this. And he says, no, not now. And Carnage is like, what's the matter, daddy? Little performance anxiety. And Eddie says, don't do this. I have to take care of my child. And symbiote says, and so do I. He says, what are you doing? Where are you? And he gets, he jumps out of Eddie. He says, I told you, Eddie, if you're not strong enough to end this and just, I should have set this up better, but those four guys came along with Bruce Banner. Bruce Banner came because he was the one to kind of operate this. And we even get to this part that says, Bruce Banner, we've actually met a few times. We both looked a bit different though. And Eddie says, oh man, did, uh, did we infect you too? And he says, surprisingly, no, the Hulk has never worn a symbiote. And so he says, I told you, Eddie, if you're not strong enough to end this, I will find someone who is. And the symbiote gets on Bruce Banner. And Carnage doesn't even know what's going on. He's like, ah, and Carnage is attacking him. He says, well, that was a bit anticlimactic. He he stabs Bruce Banner. He says, I don't know who this nerd is supposed to be, but, and then you just see, bam, like a huge, huge punch on Carnage and Carnage's eyes are wide open like the skull. He says, what? I felt that. Who are you? He says, I am. No, no. We are Hulk. And that's the ending panel is just this giant symbiote Hulk. Oh my Lord. This is insane. And to end on that, I am so mad at the team because I wanted so much more. I, I have to see how this hat, like how this plays out. Um, I mean, if you guys are immortal Hulk fans, I'm really interested to see if they kind of bring that in because this whole issue was just Bruce Banner. So we didn't really get to see the Hulk at all until that final page. So I really hope something insane happens in this next issue to, to justify that sort of reveal because I can't even imagine the Hulk as a symbiote the carnage doesn't stand a chance. How is he going to come back from that? That's just crazy. So this series has been nothing short of amazing. I I'm loving it. And I love that it's only five issues. It's, it's a quickie. And, uh, especially with that giant 72 page first issue, Donny Cates is knocking it out of the park. And especially here, I didn't even say it, but I, and I should have, but I don't even need to open the book again. We got on the top here, we got uh, written by Donny Cates, art by Ryan Stegman, with uh, inks by J.P. Mayer and Frank Martin on co- in colors, right? If I remember correctly, because they're the, they're the dream, they literally are the dream team, yeah. And because uh, they've done all the Venom, they did all the Venoms, they did the Absolute Carnage, they're killing it. This, I won't be surprised if this series goes down as probably one of the best symbiote, Carnage things. I mean... Donny Cates already, in my eyes, has gone down as the premier Venom author. I I was thinking about it the other day, and I can't even think of anyone else who's had an impact on Venom like he has. I know Cullen Bunn did some Venom stuff. I th- I was wondering, and I actually maybe I should just I'm gonna Google it right now to see who created Venom. Uh, I thought it was David Michelini, or I thought it was Todd McFarlane, but um, I, both of those don't sound right. And I'm going to get it here. No, it was. Uh, the original idea was from, yeah, creators. Todd McFarlane, Mark Bagley, David Michelini, Tom DeFalco, Mike Zeck, Roger Stern, and Rod Friends. And, uh, yeah, great job to all of them. I wasn't a huge fan of Venom back in the day. I probably should read those. But Donny Cates has just, he has turned Venom into 
something so much more. I mean, you, you it's the same as like when Hickman's doing the X-Men is that he's just he's expanding the mythos of Venom and Carnage and he is treating these characters with such reverence, such love, and the the books are just the art is insane, the the story is insane. It's the perfect story for carnage it's the perfect story for venom so if you haven't gotten on this yet i don't know why you haven't because it's so good and uh, unless you're waiting for it to come out all at once and then I, I get that because i imagine reading this all at once i i even got mad at myself when i read that last page with the hulk i was like why i was like man why did you i should have just waited until the next two issues because i don't know if i'm i can't wait another month like i need i need to get my carnage fix uh, but yeah, so that book was amazing. Uh, next up, we got how. Next up and last up is House of X, issue five of six. This is another long time coming issue. So this issue is essentially tying uh, tying up, tying in all of the things that uh, we've been wondering about in in these issues. So this opens up with there's essentially a group of five X Men who are the uh they're the life bringers i guess you could say they are they bring back mutants and so we find out they are gold balls uh here i'm gonna find them all yeah gold gold balls proteus elixir time or ava bell and uh rachel or hope hope summers and what happens is gold balls if you guys remember, he's the mutant who shoots those gold balls out of his body. It turns out, so, and I'm, I got to read this too because it's just so perfect. But, and this all ties into that first panel from House of X, where the X Men are coming out of those pods, and we were like, "What is that? Are they are they clones? What's going on?" And so we find out, yep, that's what it is. Fabio Medina has a seemingly benign and pointless power. He could make golden balls appear. Until recently, the only thing we knew about them was that they were composed of a biological matter and that there was no upper limit on how many of these balls he could generate. Then we discovered they were eggs. Which then, combined with a touch of Proteus, a little warp of reality, those eggs became viable. And after injecting them with the preserved DNA of a mutant, which no doubt is coming from, from Sinister from this last issue, it says Elixir, the life giver, would kickstart the process of cellular replication. After that, all our mutant embryo needed was time to mature. And then it says Time, the slave of Ava Bell. We've learned creating life is delicate, almost impossible work. The truth is that on their own, these mutants would be incapable of the intricate dance necessary to pull off these Promethean feats. But hope is a great unifier. Her powers enable theirs to operate at both their peak and in unison. Separate, yes, they are great mutants, but only significant, not transcendent. Together, however, together these five mutants have made us whole. And so they essentially are creating all of the mutants again and so they go into then what happens next is that every it says all this time everyone has misunderstood what cerebro really really was yes with with it charles could locate any mutant in the world but that eventually became the secondary function of the machine the first was copying the mind the essence the anima of any mutant xavier found so he could one day put a soul back into its mutant shell and so essentially 
they are they are making new bodies for the mutants and then xavier is transferring their consciousness back into them so that if you guys listened to the uh, midtown the monthly midtown comics or no 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 that was from the uh the weekly uh, Marvel Unlimited comics and Tony Stark's Iron Man issue. He talks about not being real because he transfers consciousness into a new body. That's essentially the same thing, but they really dive into it of of showing that these are this is the X Men, and they do a couple things of announcing them to the rest of Krakoa that your X Men have returned. All praise goes to those five X Men, and uh, but then as well, Xavier and Magneto start talking. Tomorrow is the vote. The Security Council meets in the morning, and if none of the permanent members vote against us, there would be an expedited General Assembly vote. Are you worried? Xavier says, uh, not today, because of what happened. They just brought back all the all the X-Men. They saved them. So their mission was a success, and they technically did not die. And then we get a couple of pages that kind of go over the resurrection process a little more in depth, very, very in depth. And we get some interesting things like... Uh, um, it says that the uh, that it's never been done before that uh, someone's mind has gone into a different body, and that also that um, people we have to it says uh, however because of fears regarding duplication and other general questions of morality unless an actual death has been documented someone believed to be dead cannot be resurrected until their death has been confirmed or they have been undetectable by cerebro for one month. And so this leads into the whole idea that Xavier is working on bringing back all of the mutants who died in Genosha. So it sounds like that's the goal, is to bring back to life every mutant that's died. That is a lofty goal, but it's also a beautiful goal because that is going to rewrite and fix all of the problems from the X-Men, from M-Day, from Genosha. They lost so many mutants. And so then we find out that, yep, the, the everything passed. The funny thing in this, though, is that Wakanda uh, said they do not need mutant drugs. They are not siding with the X-Men. So I'm curious to see how that plays out in the future. But we get kind of a map that shows which countries accepted the X-Men's proposition. And then the last bit is all of the villains are coming into Krakoa now. You get to see like Sinister, Exodus, Gorgon, uh, Apocalypse, uh, Madeline Pryor. I mean, I think Madeline Pryor. There's a lot. There's a lot. There's a, a whole lot. Callisto. And so... Um, if you guys remember from that last issue about Krakoa, that Apocalypse helped save Krakoa, Apocalypse walks in, he says, ah, Krakoa, and this whole scene is just amazing, yes, yes, I know, it's been too long, and he's just staring up, and then a bunch of birds fly around him and start landing on him, and uh, Wolverine says, making yourself a little too comfortable, are you, pal, and uh, Apocalypse says, comfortable is an inadequate word, but yes, I am comfortable, Krakoa knows me, and I, Krakoa, and Wolverine says, is that so? He says, it is. I fought a war here before the world had any idea what such a thing as mutants were. And then Magneto says, then it is fitting, for we have fought for something as well and gained it. I want to be clear here, Apocalypse. We will not risk losing this place because of some of you might not value what is being offered. Wolverine says, so is that going to be a problem? And Apocalypse says, and why would it be, Wolverine? And this is the best. This is just, this is why Hickman is is just he's elevated so high up on my list he always has been but this is just shooting him into the space for centuries i have fostered war and conflict all in the hopes of mutantdom finally asserting dominance over the world now look at you look at all of you 
You have finally become what I intended you to be. I could not be more proud. And then Magneto says, we need to hear the words. And Apocalypse says, we submit to the laws of this land, be what they may, and acknowledge that from this day forward, we all serve a higher purpose than want or need. One people from this day forward. And Xavier says, very well, then let it be known. Let the word spread. Krakoa is for all mutants. Welcome home. And the last panel is him shaking Apocalypse's hand. And I'm, I am not kidding you. I am full chill mode right now. I've got my hair standing up on my arms. I've got goosebumps. It's just, it's just crazy. I, and it was funny. I talked to some people about this issue, but it, this wasn't necessarily as much of a shock as it was of just a giant sigh of relief of a, just a finally, like finally we are getting to this point in mutantdom where these sort of things are happening. I can't express to you enough how much I love this series and how amazing this book has just been. And so to read this, this issue and to get so many great answers like the the x-men are clones or that they they essentially can't die that's awesome the fact that the good guy the bad guys are starting to be the good guys that humankind is agreeing to acknowledge the 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 sovereignty of krakoa all of this stuff is just knocked out of the park slam dunk home run i I mean, and that's the best part. There's really not much more to say about this issue. It's not something where there's a lot of discussion that needs to be had. There's not a lot of, well, now what's going to happen sort of thing. This, this story, this whole book could have ended on this issue because of how good that was. Like that's essentially it wrapping up. And now it's like, okay, so what's going to happen next? Because something's still got to happen. We still have, uh, we still have three more issues of this series left. And this was one of the red issues in the back of the book. There's only one more of those, which I actually think is the, it's either the next one or, or one of the ones coming up. Uh, no, so next up is Powers of 10-5 and then House of X-6. And then the final Powers of 10 issue 6 is the last red issue. So that's the other big issue, but this has definitely earned its red spot because the mutants are finally back. They're they're back. They're, they're operating at 100% right now and it, it, it couldn't make me more, any more happy. So... Um, that's, yeah, that's my final review on that. That's my final thought on that. This book is just knocked out, knock out of the park. And I, I wish I had more words to describe it, but uh, I guess you could say transcendent or you could sort of say apocalyptic in the sense that this is the end. This is, it feels like the end to the mutant story in the best way. And I know they're going to turn that around and turn it into the beginning of something. And that's fine. I'm so excited to see what this new world looks like once the series is over. So that's going to do it for me here at Comics and Cinema. I'm your host, Alex Klein. Thanks so much for listening.